I'm Autumn Lockett. And this is Mitch Randall. And you're listening to Good Faith Weekly. Hi, this is Autumn Lockett with Good Faith Weekly. And this is Mitch Randall. And you are hearing the honking of cars outside my house as our children's teachers parade through our neighborhood um, in the beginning of lock, uh, lockdown week two. Wow, that is such a, a beautiful thing to hear uh, teachers moving through the streets of the neighborhood so that the kids can just, a friendly reminder, they're still there and there's something about seeing and hearing from a teacher that uh, just gives kids uh, some stability, and so that's that's great. That's a great way to to begin this uh, podcast today. I was like, who is that honking their way through our neighborhood? And then I remember. <laughs> yeah, well, I'm not going to tell. I'm not going to tell our audience what she really said uh, before <laughs> she found out who it was. <laughs> I was about to shake my fist at some rowdy teenager. Um, (laughs) You know, I've been so thankful for all of the different places um, who've really been reaching out to those of us who, who, to all of us who are feeling so isolated right now. Um, My youngest son's uh, nursery school did a Zoom today with their music teacher and her 85-year-old mother, and they played guitar songs for about 30 minutes and sang, and oh, you should have seen my kids' faces when they could see their teachers, they could see their friends, and it's those little things that tie us into normal, I think, that are just really helping us get through. Yeah. No, you know what, Autumn, it seems this week especially, we knew last week as the virus uh, and the counts of the confirmed cases as well as the deaths began to rise last week. We really knew going into this week uh, that they were going to increase uh, dramatically. And that's certainly been the case yeah. uh, on the reporting. Um, well, even more than are reported, right? Because there are people right. who most definitely have the disease and can't even get a test. Absolutely. And what we're also seeing in response to that in most cases, uh, some states have been slower than others to enact um, uh, shelter-in-place orders. Uh, our state, uh, our city, our mayor here in Norman, Oklahoma, issued a uh, shelter-in-place order that will go into effect tonight. Um, we've seen other parts of the country, obviously New York, Los Angeles. We talked to uh, Reverend Jim Hopkins the other day from Oakland, that shelter-in-place order has been uh, enacted for several days now. Mm-hmm. Uh, unfortunately, our, our state government has been slow to, to uh, act here in Oklahoma, but and I do vague. think it's around. Yeah, very did, vague. Did you listen to his announcement yesterday? Not trying to like get super political, but even right. as someone who I feel like I'm pretty, you know, adept at understanding what's going on, I'm, you know, on the CDC's website, all those things that Dr. Kevin Hepper told us to do. Right. Um, and what he said was really unclear to me about yeah, and I think it's, you know it's surprising regardless of a party what we need from our leaders and we're getting this from some leaders such as dr fauci and you mentioned dr hefner uh on previous podcasts we need clarity we need decisive action and we need clarity so that we can know exactly how to flatten this curve because as all the experts have indicated that's the only way to slow this virus down is to flatten that curve uh, so that it will impede the, uh, the, the, the sharing of this virus uh, among society. So, so yeah. yeah, we do need clarity. So what about this kind of crosshairs that we found ourselves in of 
needing the economy to get going again and needing people to stay home and hunker down and not spend money and stay in place. Like what, what is a, an ethical Christian supposed to do with that? Yeah, that's a, an excellent question. Um, you know, I think that there are a lot of factors that we need to weigh into this equation. The first and foremost is keeping people healthy and alive more than anything. And in our culture, uh, we have been champions of trying to at least keep people healthy and alive. Now, we don't always have the best policies and there are certain individuals and groups that do a better job than, than others, but we have valued life, especially as a people of faith. Yeah. And to, you know, to hear remarks like we've heard in the news the last few days, especially from the Lieutenant governor in Texas. And, I mean, my friends on both sides of that Texas aisle are like, uh, what? <laughs> yeah, right. That, uh, you know, grandparents would gladly sacrifice their life to keep the economy rolling, uh, I think is disingenuous at best uh, and just immoral and evil uh, at its worst. And so um, I think the first and foremost thing that we need to be concerned about as a society is keeping as many people as healthy uh, and upright as we possibly can. Um, you mentioned the crossroads, though. I mean, there is a real economic a crisis looming, and thank goodness the uh, Senate and the White House and the House of Representatives reached a deal, hopefully uh, within the last 24 hours, that are going to give some relief to workers all across this country, as well as small businesses and corporations, because this is a crisis that we have never faced uh, ever before uh, in this country. Uh, but before you know, people can go back to work and before people can spend money in the marketplace, they have to be healthy and they have to be alive. So, you know, from an ethical standpoint, I think those are the priorities that we need to set before ourselves. Uh, Jesus was more interested in the health and well-being of those that he encountered in Palestine during his ministry days. Uh, and then also he was concerned about people's economic plight as well. Let's not mince words here. He was more concerned about their health and about how they could be fed and how they could live a prosperous life, no matter who they were, no matter how large their checkbook was. So we need to keep that in mind during this particular crisis. I completely agree. Are you looking for a new way to grow your faith? Nurturing Faith is offering five of their best-selling devotionals for only $12 for Good Faith weekly listeners. Go to nurturingfaith.net to find hope from Carol Bozeman Taylor, John R. Roebuck, Blake McKinney, Michael L. Ruffin, and Merrill J. Davies. The books are all available in the bookstore section of the Nurturing Faith website. And now, back to Mitch and Autumn. Speaking of issues that we're all dealing with these days, uh, we mentioned a moment ago about the lockdowns across the country. Um, as one day turns into two and then turns into weeks, possibly months of being closed in and isolated, you know, we have to start thinking about people's well-being and their mental health. Yeah. And today on the pod, we're really excited later on to interview uh, Elizabeth Venom Thompson, who is a counselor out of Littleton, Colorado, 
to talk about the importance of mental health during periods of crises. So we want to stay tuned for that interview. But Autumn, let me just ask, I mean, what are you and your family doing to take care of your mental health? Yeah, you know, I think mental health, our journey to mental health probably started a few years ago. Um, and if you're someone who's already started down that path, um, I think you're in a, a good spot because you at least are aware that you need help. Um, and I think we all could use sort of that mental health check-in. Um, some things that we're doing is just trying to balance out um, our expectations right now. Um, typically my husband and I both work, you know, pretty intense jobs outside of the home. Our children are out of the home um, until about, you know, five or five thirty in the evening. And so our house typically looks a little more put together than it does right now. Um, and we're just trying to be just kind of give ourselves some grace, you know, I mean, we're going to pick up, we're keeping things sanitary, um, but there are going to be toys strewn. I'm talking to you right now from Gotham city. Um, because we at, uh, or at uh, good faith weekly are practicing, uh, physical distancing, uh, right. ourselves by working at home. So that's right. Uh, yeah, so Autumn I, is right in the middle of Gotham city right now. I see the Batman. I am. I, yeah, exactly. Um, but I think, you know, giving your, giving yourself some grace, uh, understanding that, you know, your children may feel a little bit out of sorts because they're not in a schedule. And, you know, I've seen some beautiful things online of these people with these color coded schedules and they're going to homeschool, you know, to the 100th degree. And that is so great. If that is where the spirit well, is. Let's be honest. Those things were thrown out the door within 48 hours, right? <laughs> yeah. I mean, they were really pretty and they look good on a post, but now they're all wadded up in the voice basket, right? They are. Yeah. If the parents didn't do it, the kids did. But I do think having some routine, not necessarily schedules, but routines are really helpful for us. Uh, we also are really lucky in our house that we have a 13 year old daughter. And so um, Josh and I have been trying um, each evening to just leave the littles here with Ava for, you know, 20 minutes and just take a quick walk around our neighborhood and uninterrupted, get some sunshine, have a conversation, get the blood pumping. And that's, that's been really great. Great advice. That is absolutely. What are y'all doing at your house? Oh, we're throwing things at one another. Oh, really yeah, here's a, here's really a good stress reliever. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, we're doing very similar things. Uh, we're getting out uh, and, and going for walks, uh, trying to get some exercise as well along the way. My youngest son is going for bike rides in the evenings. Uh, also, I mean, all, all of us practicing social distancing. We have a wonderful patio set up in the backyard that we set out. And just in the last couple of days, it's been really sunny here in Norman, Oklahoma. And so just enjoying the sun. Uh, but then also what's been interesting is that, you know, we've at night been watching some movies together. Uh, one of our favorite things to do when the boys were younger was to gather around a television, watch the latest Harry Potter movie or Star Wars movie because, you know, I got boys. Right. And we've been doing that at night and it's been bringing back fond memories. We've been talking about uh, those times uh, when they were growing up and how special those times were for us. And it's been, you know, a little bit sentimental as we've been sharing this time together. Uh, but then also trying to find our own individual space. I do have two adult boys now uh, who are still in college and it's important for them to, to have their, uh, their alone time. And so uh, they find places in the house or on the back porch where they can go and read, uh, talk to their friends via 
social media and, and, uh, and Google Hangout or, or Zoom. Uh, so we try to honor that and, and let them you know, be them because, you know, if you're two college kids, uh, one a senior, one a freshman, the last thing you want to be when the semester starts is at home with mom and dad again. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, so we're trying to honor that uh, and, uh, you know, just talk and, and keep those lines of communication open. Yeah. I mean, you know, something else, just a quick reminder to any of our listeners who have little kids and are feeling like there's a lot of them all of a sudden. Um, we did kind of a little at our family dinner the other night. Our oldest daughter actually was like, hey, how are y'all all feeling during mm-hmm. this time? Because she's sort of a little old lady. And we went around the table and all three of our little ones were like, I feel amazing. I feel awesome. I feel so happy. Um, they are loving this time with us. And so it's been kind of sweet just to, that reminder that their memory of this is not going to be fear and panic and epidemic and toilet paper rationing. Their memory of this time is going to be just sweet time at home with mom and dad. Yeah. You know, and that's so important, Autumn, to as parents to make certain that our children, whether they're adult children or younger children like yours, make certain that they feel safe first and foremost. They understand that there's something unusual afoot mm-hmm. in society and culture. Uh, there's no way that they're not feeling that. But as long as we react to it in a responsible and healthy way, they will play off those emotions. Mm-hmm. I'll never forget a story that I was told as a pastor in Texas. A young father came into my office one day and he had tears in his eyes and he was asking for some financial assistance. He said that his electricity had been turned off. And this was probably about the fourth time it had been turned off in the last three or four years. And so after a conversation and we agreed to help him, we just started talking as two dads uh, trying to get by uh, in our particular part of the world. And I asked him, I said, so you said this has happened multiple times. What do you do when this occurs? And he said, well, I make certain that my kids feel safe. And so what we do is we get the tin out in the living room and we put the tin out and I tell them that we're going to go camping uh, for a couple of days and, and just really try to help them through what the dad felt was a difficult situation because they didn't have electricity, but the kids were really none the wiser. All they knew is that they were spending some special time with, with dad under the tent in the living room. And that's probably all that they're going to remember while this dad was, was worried, obviously doing everything he could to, to find a way to pay the bills. He first and foremost made certain his kids felt safe and secure. And I think it's a good word for all of us uh, during this crisis is that all of us want to feel safe and secure. And that's why I've been telling a lot of my friends and family that during times like this, this is why faith isn't so important whether you're a Christian, a Jew, a Muslim, a Sikh, whatever your particular faith might be, to lean on your faith because your faith can help you feel safe and secure even in the midst of a very difficult time and storm. I would almost say especially in a time of storm. Right. I think you're right. When you actually are not feeling like you've got this all under control. I think I especially feel my faith during times like this. 
Mm -hmm. That's absolutely right. You know, I'm watching social media uh, pretty constantly, as probably everybody else is uh, right now. And it's been just a delight, not only to see Christian ministers, but imams and rabbis, not only speaking to their congregations, but really speaking to the larger faith community. And that's one of the things that maybe this virus has taught us is that we do have more in common than we do have differences. Mm-hmm. And we're seeing Christian ministers and Muslim imams and Jewish rabbis ministering across traditional lines and speaking into the hearts and minds and lives of anybody that they encounter uh, on social media. And it's this beautiful, wonderful thing to see that at our core, we have a shared humanity. And at our core, we are all created in the image of the one that we call God. So it's just, it's just a a beautiful and, and amazing thing that we're witnessing in the midst of this, this very difficult time. Well, coming up next, we're going to be interviewing Elizabeth Denham Thompson. Elizabeth is a counselor and therapist out of Littleton, Colorado. And trust us, you do not want to miss our interview. No, and if you're the kind of person that gets hungry after you have therapy sessions, you might want to grab a bag of pretzels. You're going (laughs) to feel like you've been therapy. I'm kind of, you know, pretzels are okay, but let's go with the Oreo. Come on. Whatever you're can chant, yeah. Okay, that, that may be another topic for another podcast. <laughs> What's the best snack during therapy? But otherwise, uh, make sure to turn back into uh, our interview coming up in just a moment. Welcome back to Good Faith Weekly. I'm Mitch Randall, and we're with Autumn Lockett, and we have a very special guest with us today all the way from Littleton, Colorado, Reverend Elizabeth Denham Thompson. Uh, Dr. Reverend Thompson is... Uh, uh, a licensed therapist and counselor with uh, Aromas Consulting Group, and it is a delight to have you with us today. Thank you. I'm delighted to be here. Elizabeth, I noticed that Aramis means wilderness or desert in Greek, and a lot of us are fancying ourselves to be in quite a wilderness right now. So one of the reasons that we're turning to you, I think, is because you're an expert in this wilderness. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. That actually might... I named my company because of that. Wilderness is both sometimes a place where we get lost and are wandering and feel uh, desperate or not sure what to ha- what's going on. And yet wilderness is also the place of respite and renewal and retreat and discernment. So um, I do that with pastors and congregations, uh, but also as a licensed marriage and family therapist. I do that with individuals. So what is the wilderness? Um, And actually, that's one of the things that I was thinking about. I've been reading um, a book that came out a couple of years ago, Canoeing the Mountains, uh, which which is about, you know, the idea of what's uh, Lewis and Clark and how do you have the new understanding about what's in front of you when you're not prepared for that at all. And who's the author of that again, Elizabeth? Uh, Todd Bolsinger. Yeah, I, I had a, the, the privilege of hearing him speak about that book yeah. last year in North Carolina. Yeah. And, you know, but I realize now that in some ways, and this is my interpretation, is we've actually sort of been more in the foothills. 
um, <laughs> with looking at you know the life and what's changing. And in the last two weeks, we we actually have crested that view Our heads are all in like, a very different oh. way. Yes, <laughs> and and it's like okay, we're not we're not looking at plains. We're not looking at you know mountain streams right. or rivers or waterways anymore. We really are in a very different landscape now. Yeah, um, in many, many different ways. So, mm, well said. so what suggestions on that note do you have for people who are just feeling isolated right now and really scared about the future? Well, uh, I, I guess I want to say two things about that. One is um, you have every right to feel that way mm. yeah. <laughs> um, because we are scared. And we are social distancing or physical distancing, as somebody uh, wanted to correct it. Um, and so we do feel alone. Um, but as I had heard someone say, but let's not waste the fear. Mm -hmm. um, so how do you use that to actually motivate you towards health? How do you use that to motivate you towards um, there may be changes, there may be ministry opportunities, there may be um, ways that you can reach out. So if we get afraid and shut down, right. if we become afraid and, um, and waste it, then what we've done is we are hoarding things or we're um, stopping what we could do. But if we use it as a motivator, which is what fear is really supposed to be, hmm. then we do something that takes us to health, hmm. uh, takes us to safety, um, uh, helps protect the others that are around us. Um, so the so I would encourage us to think about it in that way. Hmm. Um, and so, yes, you may feel isolated, but then what do you do about it? Yeah. Sure. Um, so, uh, and some of it may be the old fashioned way of reaching out. Can yeah. you send a note? Can you send cards? Can you make phone calls? Can you spend time, you know, the, the time for meditation that we say we never have. Well, you may have that now. <laughs> um, or you may actually just feel overwhelmed right now. Yeah. Uh, Cause that's the other piece that I'm hearing is, um, I'm trying to work. I'm trying to work from home. I didn't used to do that or I don't have a job now. Uh, I, I do or don't have space or a home office that I can use. My spouse or partner, if I have one, is also trying to do that. And if you have kids, then you're trying to do that as well. And so, um, you know, are you going out to the car to work um, versus Guilty. Uh, having, yeah, I mean, that's, you know, how do you create that? So absolutely. Anyway. That's a good word. Yeah. yeah. So, so during this time, you know, for you just personally, it sounds like you're reaching out and ministering to a lot of others, but what's giving you hope right now? Um, part of what's giving me hope is actually the, the creativity that's happening. Mm. Wow. Um, the fact that people are coming up with ways to reach out, um, uh, you know, and 
sometimes that's overwhelming in and of itself. There are these resources that are now popping up online or put the bear in the window so that when the kids go for a walk, they can go on a bear hunt or, uh, you know, or what's the music or what's the, you know, so there are a lot of resources out there which can feel overwhelming, but that also to me is really part of the hope is that people are coming up with things. Yeah. They're creating. I saw one uh, just this morning that, uh, a pastor had created uh, bingo cards. Um, and so, but what the bingos were, were different activities or reaching out or um, again, towards health. Mm-hmm. And so it was like, okay, let's play bingo. How many people have done this <laughs> or this, or, you know, and going through it, it was just like how creative mm-hmm. people are, are becoming. So. It is really exciting to see kind of the creativity that's uh, uh, emerging, not only within the church, but just within communities. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it's really fascinating. We were talking last week on the last episode just about how the human spirit, that our resolve is is great, but uh, our spirit just seems to blossom during these times. Mm -hmm. But. It can. It can. (laughs) And that's what I was about to say, and it leads into a great segue to the next question. Um, you know, the latest experts are saying that this, is, this isn't going to be a week. It's not going to be two no. weeks. No. It's going to be longer than anybody, I think, can anticipate. Yeah. And really, we're not really certain when it's going to end as far as the isolation, quarantine, and sheltering in place. Um, there's going to come a time where a lot of us are going to kind of question our mental health and have low points mm-hmm. and dark points. Are there any red flags, Elizabeth, that we need to be watching out for, warning signs where, you know, uh, for ourselves, but also for our loved ones that we're living with, the people that we're talking to and communicating with? What are some warning signs you need to be aware of? Yeah, no, it's it's a great question. Um, And I think, you know, some of this has to do with what are the, well, Whatever has normally caused someone stress or anxiety or depression, what are, what are the life uh, behavioral patterns that somebody has created uh, to cope with things gets exacerbated and highlighted mm-hmm. at this point. So if, that, if those have been healthier, then those are really going to support someone going through things. But if those have been more dysfunctional, if those have been more problematic, um, whether it's addictive behaviors, abusive behaviors, um, suicide or suicidal ideation, uh, then those also get exacerbated at this point. So, um, So I would ask everybody to think about how have I normally responded when things have been difficult and that's going to be my warning sign about what's going to be difficult now. Mm-hmm. Um, so when we recognize that warning sign, if, if our emotions are beginning to, to bubble to the point where they may bubble over or uh, you know, depression seems like it's setting in and the darkness seems to be growing all around mm-hmm. us, what do you suggest for us to do at that point once we recognize these warning signs? Well, actually, I'm going to take a step back from that. Okay before you get to those warning signs is when you need to put things in place. Ah, good, good idea. So, uh, so for oneself, try to establish now what are the patterns, what are the contacts that I'm going to, I'm asking this person or we're having this regular conversation. 
put that in place. Start now trying to walk outside for a little bit or at least stand by the window. Um, depending on what the weather is like, you may or may not be able to get outside much or what your own health situation is. Sure. Um, read books. Mm -hmm. um, we're in this conundrum of where the social media and the connection is how we're connecting. And yet that also is part of what exacerbates. Uh, we hear the news, we hear conversations, we hear comments. And so can it exacerbate that? So do things like take, take a break and actually read a book, a physical book, <laughs> turn, turn off the other, get away from it. Do that with your children. If you have children, that connection of stopping and breaking and having that pattern of time. Um, so for family and friends is knowing that somebody may have this. So help establish that pattern with them. I'm going to call you every Tuesday at 10 o'clock mm -hmm. or I'm going to uh, let's, let's have this so that there's some patterns that are established now right. that are towards the health, make sure medications are filled, uh, but are in a safe place. If there's a potential of suicidal um, ideation around medication. So how do you, have it, but have it safely. Um, the, um, if there's addictive behavior, uh, the isolation, and especially if it's an online addictive behavior, this may actually get worse. Mm -hmm. So, so how do you both personally set your, yourself at some patterns that can get away from that, but as friends or family, to pay attention to that. So if it's porn or if it's gambling or uh, there may be some things that are online behaviors. Well, if I'm sitting in front of the computer now much more because I'm trying to work from home, I can't get out. I can't go to the office. Yeah, um, sure. The abusive behavior the same way. And let me just say one other thing, the, the uh, two other things <laughs> quickly um, is that um, abusive behavior uh, may get exacerbated at this point because mm. of the stresses or whether it's financial, close contact, the, the normal ways that somebody has gotten away from it or gotten is not there. So, uh, but shelters are still operational. The texting and the phone call hotlines are still available. Right. If you feel like you're in one of those situations, please reach out mm -hmm. um, because those are still possible. The other is that mental health counselors are being encouraged to do telehealth. Right. So yeah, by phone. The telehealth, because I don't know if a lot of our listeners are aware of it, but uh, that seems to be something new, but it's, it's something perfect for right now. It's perfect for right now. It has been a growing trend more for rural communities or for places that have uh, been more problematic to reach in person. But um, for mental health, it would be, Generally, it would be a phone call and or a secure online platform uh, that has some sort of encryption. So there's some confidentiality. But every insurance company is now saying mental health can be done that way. Mm -hmm. uh, they're encouraging mental health counselors uh, to offer services that way. Uh, even intake, which normally is an in-person, can be done that way. Mm -hmm. So if you have a counselor, it already begin to set some appointments with them and, and look at how to do this. Uh, if you do not have a counselor, know that you still can get one. You can set an appointment. Right. Um, some of them are more skilled than others, but 
Uh, if you do it by phone, then you do it by phone. So should people um, check with their uh, general physician or their insurance company? How, how can they make these appointments? Um, they can check with their insurance company to see who's in network, uh, if they have insurance. Uh, many uh, therapists and organizations, um, especially some of the counseling centers that are, um, are religiously based, offer sliding scale fees, and you can do that um, with a private pay or they have supportive services, especially if somebody does not have insurance. Mm -hmm. um, you can go online to something like um, find a counselor, Psychology Today, ACPE, uh, different counseling organizations will have online ways of finding a counselor Great. if you don't have one. Great. Check with your pastor. Uh, check with uh, or your minister, uh, your rabbi. Uh, all of them keep some form of who are therapists in the areas that they trust. Yeah, that's a good one. Now, you mentioned preventative care just a moment ago, making certain that maybe we uh, instill preventative care before we get to those warning signs. Mm -hmm. uh, There's some just simple practical things that we can do as this uh, shelter in place continues and turns days into weeks and, and maybe weeks into months. Um, <laughs> I, know, I know, right? Well, it, I think it's going to. I yeah. think it's going to. Yeah. So what are, I mean, just some, you know, some just easy practical things because I mean, one of the things that I've noticed here in my neighborhood is that uh, neighbors are actually setting out on their driveways talking to other neighbors in their driveways. So an entire yard separates them. And I know mm -hmm. that's a little, easier to say here in uh, 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 mid Midwest, I guess, here in Oklahoma, uh, than it would be in places like New York City or uh, urban areas. We do see it in Italy, when talking on the balcony to one another. Mm -hmm. Or uh, playing music. Right, or playing music. That was a beautiful, beautiful illustration. So, uh, so you know, what are some practical things we can do to make certain we don't get to, to those that, that red line we've been talking about? Um, well, just some of what you have mentioned. Uh, what what are the alternate ways? Um, and sending again, I would say send notes and cards um, mm. uh, as a as a discipline mindfulness practice. Um, who are the people in your life that you want to say thank you to? Yeah. Uh, send each of them every day. Send one. Nice. Send an email or a note or a card. Um, the try to be outside if you can, um, even if it's just at a window. Um, reach out in terms of phone calls. If you're a part of a congregation, how is that congregation setting up, whether it's the old-fashioned telephone trees mm -hmm. or uh, the deacon family ministry programs or uh, the different type of, of caring programs uh, now's the time to structure those if you haven't before, even if it's a, you know, back of the hips, you know, pull it out kind of structure, <laughs> utilize them. Um, if you're not part of a community, then begin to think about how you are creating your own community. Mm -hmm. um, and also the, the, it's the small kindnesses mm -hmm. um, that actually are making a difference. What is, what is our ministry of presence when physical touch or is no longer the way we can do that? Mm -hmm. right. But we still can have a ministry of presence. 
with phones, with notes, with waving at people, with uh, tipping, with making donations to organizations, uh, to our communities of faith, um, keeping those up and going, uh, sending notes of encouragement to our ministers Mm -hmm. who are struggling and who are reeling themselves with, you know, trying to make changes to reach out to others. Um, buying gift cards ahead of time for the services that are closed. Those are all ways that we reach out. And when we do something that feels positive, then we feel better. Yeah. That's a great, great word. Yeah, it is. Um, can you just very quickly here, can you tell us just a little bit about specifically, you said you're a family therapist. How mm-hmm. can we talk to our kids about what's going on right now? Um, the, first of all, be honest. Yeah. You know, we're, don't use euphemisms. Don't, you know, this, this is a scary time. And if a kid is scared to be able to say, yes, we can be scared. So don't gloss it over. Um, but there's, um, was a recent quote from the Fred Rogers, uh, Institute. And basically it says, don't try and gloss over it. Um, a smiling, happy face isn't the answer. What they need to know is that they are loved Mm -hmm. and that sadness and fear is a part of love just as much as joy and kindness or can be. Yeah. So, um, so to read to your children, spend time with them. Um, if you can structure your life, structure it. But also, this is a good time for them to be creative and have have playtime. Give oh, yeah. them the piece, give him the cardboard and the crayons, and say, "Go to it. What can you construct?" Oh, be creative. Uh, be creative. Um, if I know a lot of people, not a lot of people. Anybody who has kids is now in the homeschool uh, venue. Um, But also relax a little bit. If they don't get that assignment done or if it's done, relax a little bit. Take Mm -hmm. part of the stress off. Realize that everyone is feeling overwhelmed now. And if you especially are in tighter space, we're back to if mom is working, if... uh, other mom or other dad is working if uh, they're doing uh, and they're trying to do their eight hour work plus trying to do childcare plus trying to be a teacher plus trying to be, you know, take care of the house plus, 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 plus people are overwhelmed right now. Give yourself some space, Mm. be gracious to yourself as well as to each other. And that includes your kids. Yeah whether they're teenagers or, or young ones. Um, yeah, it's, I mean, we're facing that personally at our house because uh, both my kids are in college and I would find them back here at the house. Yeah. Uh, you know, attending classes online and uh, just, just so that between the three of us, you know, it's nice to know their home and we love them <laughs> and we appreciate them, but you know, their schedules are not my schedules. <laughs> so, no, no, no. When they were off at college, it didn't bother me at all. Right. The, the fact that they were up till two in the morning was not an issue. It didn't bother me. I didn't lose any sleep. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. And and I do think that is, and that's another piece of that social media uh, connection as well. 
that is all, that is how they stay connected. And they were doing that even before all of this. Mm-hmm. It's going to be even more important now. And yet that's also where some of that fear and concern may come in. Yeah. So just, and again, having honest conversations, what's going on? How yeah. are you doing? And hope that they're willing to talk to you. <laughs> <laughs> well, Elizabeth, it's been an absolute delight to visit with you today. Uh, we really appreciate uh, you joining us on Good Faith Weekly. Uh, each and every week, we ask our guests to answer a final question, and it is posed by Autumn. And so, Autumn, take it away. Yeah. So our motto at GFM is there's more to tell. And so our question for you today is what's your more to tell? Well, I, since you'd given me a heads up about that, I actually have thought about it some and, and I'm going to do something that may seem a little odd, but odd here. Go right okay, ahead. good, good. Uh, But when I work with clients, I have sometimes referred back to a Broadway musical that came out several years ago called Next to Normal. Mm -hmm. And there is a line in it, and it's the the name of it comes from this, which is, we tried to give you a normal life. I realize now I have no clue what that is. (laughs) And the person responds, I don't need a life that's normal. That's way too far away but something next to normal would be okay. Mm. Yeah, something next to normal. That's what I'd like to try. Close enough to normal to get by. We'll get by. So what I encourage and what's the more is that normal is now not normal anymore for all of us. But we may be able to have a next to normal. And if we can do that, will get by. That's a lovely sentiment. That's so good. I feel so like good. I've been to therapy. This is wonderful. <laughs> I know, I know. I feel so much okay, I'll charge you that. for, no. That's perfect. <laughs> you get the bill later on, right? That's right, that's right. So, uh, well, it has um, been a delight. Uh, Reverend Elizabeth Denham uh, Thompson from uh, Evermost Consulting Group in Littleton, Colorado. Thank you so much for joining us. And, uh, well, thank you. appreciate it very much. Thank you so much. I've enjoyed being with both you, Mitch, and Autumn, and um, and with the listeners, and um, prayers and thoughts as we all are making the adjustments to try and go through this. Um, safe journeys for us all. Amen. Amen.